Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along, and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated, the podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. Where we've all been I'm Tanya Gooden, and each week I'll be talking to my guests about how they manage the relationship with the tiny tyrant in their pocket. We'll be talking about how our phone habits affect our work, our lives and our loves, and about what our relationship with our phone might just tell us about our relationship with ourselves. Well, we've all been swept away. If you want help and you want hope, You've come to the right place. This is It's Complicated. Lost everything you try to say Cause we've all been swept away, yeah. This week I'm very excited to have YouTuber, sex educator and author Hannah Witten with me. Hannah is the producer and host of the Hannah Witten YouTube channel, which she launched in 2011. Her channel features sex and relationships advice, navigating life in your 20s, feminism, books, travel, and has half a million subscribers and over 60 million views. Hannah has also helped to shape the conversation about health issues online. In 2018, she underwent major surgery as a result of suffering from ulcerative colitis and has tried to normalize the conversation around the condition. Hannah is the author of the brilliant sex education book, Doing It, which is how I discovered her. And her second book, The Hormone Diaries, The Bloody Truth About Our Periods, comes out this summer. So, Hannah, thanks for coming and chatting with me today. Thanks for having me. I just thought I'd explain to our listeners that we've not actually met before. No, first time meeting, although I saw you from afar. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, you came to a talk I did, didn't I? Um, Stylist Live. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually knew who you were because your book, Doing It, is my go-to present for 16-year-old birthdays. Oh, good. <laughs> so I have bought, well, I bought another copy last week, so I think I've bought over 10 copies Oh, my now. goodness. <laughs> 
Um, and it's the book I wish I'd had when I was 16. Aww, it's absolutely brilliant. So if anyone's listening and they've got any teenage birthdays coming up, doing it is the book to buy. Oh, wow, thank you. Um, and then, yeah, when I was doing the talk at Stylist Live, you tagged me. in, in a, an Insta story. In an Insta yeah. story. And I thought, oh, that's Hannah Whitton. Um, and what, so funny. what really struck me was I thought... So this is, I'm going to use the M word here, I hope you don't mind. This is a millennial (laughs) coming and listening about phone addiction and spending less time on our phones. And when I'm interviewed, quite often one of the kind of things that's thrown at me is, look, this worry about our phone habits is just a generation thing. You know, I'm obviously not a millennial. Millennials, Generation Z, have no problems at all with their phones. It's just, you know, all you people in, you know, Gen Y and baby boomers. Who's saying that? Quite a lot of the press and the academic community. So I quite often have interviewed with scientists who say there's absolutely no evidence that we have a problem with our tech and the younger generation really don't see it. So I guess that's what I wanted to start asking you. I'm not asking you to be an apologist for the whole millennial generation. (laughs) I speak on behalf of all millennials. (laughs) But, you know, you came to that talk. So clearly it's something that you're thinking about, your relationship with tech and your relationship with your phone. It definitely is. And it definitely is something that me and all of my friends talk about. And it very often comes up as a topic of conversation and also like tips and tricks of like things that people do in order to spend less time on our phones. And I think specifically for some of my friends, because our jobs are online as well, it really is important to us to be able to like strike a balance of like, okay, there are some times where it's just necessary for me to be on my phone a lot because that's what my job requires of me. And then also I like using it for connecting with people and like fun or watching things or or whatever it is. But then also like understanding that we need to draw a line somewhere and like where that line is and how we manage it. So what is it about your time spent online or your time spent on tech that worries you that makes you think because again you know when I speak to scientists they go look you know kids just aren't worried about spending eight hours a day online because that is their life so you're telling me that's not true I think it depends on like defining online and on your phone yeah so I kind of try to avoid spending lots of time on my phone but I yeah, I guess I'm not hugely worried about spending a lot of time online because online could mean so many things. Like I could be watching educational YouTube videos. I could be reading articles. The scope of the amount of things that you can do online is so huge that I'm not massively worried about that. But I'm always, I guess, aware of what websites I spend time on and like if what I'm doing is like productive or entertaining or or educational or, or whatever that is. I think more of my worries and my friends' worries are about, more specifically, our phones. Yeah, because we're not addicted to our laptops, are we? I I see no evidence that people can't put their laptops down. So it's something about the phone that's Mm -hmm. really difficult. I actually saw one of your YouTube videos, I think it was from last week, where you said that one of the things you're trying to do this year is buy an alarm clock and sleep with your phone. In a different room. Yeah, so how is that going? So I've done it for just a few nights now because I, I was away over the weekend so I did it for like a couple of nights before going away and then last night as well and it's fine like I have a like a Google Home device yeah. so I'm just like okay Google set an alarm <laughs> <laughs> wake me up um, yes and but then what I realized is I needed to buy just like an analog alarm clock or just something that can tell the time for like if I wake up in the middle of the night yeah. or whatever 
so instead of having to like be like, okay, Google, what's the time? Because it's a bit disorientating, <laughs> isn't it? When we wake up and don't know what the time is, yeah, I find exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So I have just a, I had to buy an extra clock. <laughs> and then I started thinking, well, what if I come up with ideas and have thoughts and stuff that I need to like jot down? Because, you know, you always get those, like, ideas. Yeah, like, things middle of the night. Yeah. Before you fall asleep and stuff. And so my phone is usually always there, and I just, like, type it into my notes app, and then I can fall asleep. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to need to get a pen and paper <laughs> by my bed. And so then so suddenly, retro, my, isn't suddenly it? my bedside table is, like, filling up with all of these <laughs> extra pieces of things that actually, like, one phone can do all of those well that's why it's so seductive isn't it because yeah. we just need the one we can just take the one device everywhere and suddenly and then it's everything yeah. you need but i don't know i mean i think it's good so far like there are there are three things that i can do when my alarm goes off in the morning one sleep more two get out of bed three wake up but stay on my phone in bed and ha- by having like my phone in a different room it's eliminated one of them it's not eliminated the i'll just sleep more <laughs> so there's other things I need to do in order to, like, get out of bed. And are you sleeping better? I mean, did you do it because you thought you weren't getting enough sleep or did you do it because any article you read about phone habits <laughs> says buy an alarm clock? You know, was it really genuinely prompted by thinking actually there might be an issue? To be honest, I think I've got an okay relationship with my phone, but I think it's because I'm, like, always actively trying to better myself and better my relationship with my phone so this was something that like I knew from things that I'd read online that this is beneficial for you and I just I thought I'd it would be easy enough for me yeah and so far I'm like it's fine and actually most of the time I like would usually spend time on my phone like before going to sleep and and waking up in the morning and so I'm actually kind of glad that I don't have this like weird 30 minutes in the evening or 30 minutes in the morning, which I feel like is just like dead time. Because mm-hmm. there's times when I'm actively using my phone and there's a purpose. But usually when I'm in bed, either before I go to sleep or when I wake up, it is mindless scrolling. Yeah. And then the other thing that I really wanted to kind of nip in the bud was checking my emails the moment I woke up. Because that was something that I would always do. I'd always like reach my phone, check my email. And I'm like, why am I checking my email at 7.30? Like, it's fine. Um, Yeah, I think it means we're just all working really long days now. Or we're just not ever stopping working, are we? Because Mm -hmm. you check your email last thing at night, first thing in the morning, in the middle of the night if you sleep with your phone. Yeah. So it's constant work. Yeah, it's it's constant. Especially with my job, it always feels like you kind of have to be on and like switched on all the time. And then another thing with my phone that I've been experimenting with is notifications. Ah, yeah. Um, because I've, re- I've really been diving into the screen time app. I was going to ask you about yeah. that. Have you been using it? And has it shown you anything that you weren't aware of? Because it is quite interesting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so my average, I, th- I spend like two and a half hours a day on my phone. That's pretty good, which actually. Which I think is pretty yeah. good. because Considering I, you work yeah. there. Because I think when, I, when I'm working, I try and spend as much time as possible on desktop. Yeah. But yeah, I tweeted out like my, like a screenshot of the, my averages. And so many of my followers who are like also like millennials and Gen Z were tweeting me back their screenshots of like seven, eight, yeah. nine hours a day. And I, 
I was like, oh my God, now am, am I an old a person who's like getting worried <laughs> for the younger generation? Like, oh my goodness, like that's your whole day. Mm. How, like I literally do not understand how, but also I'm aware of the fact that I don't watch YouTube on my phone. Yeah. I watch and YouTube a on the, desktop. A lot of the Gen Z kids are so, watching YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So that obviously adds up. Like if you're watching like any kind of Netflix show, like, on your phone, yeah. Then that would add to screen time, so I'm like not as. Worried and the about kids that, also. But. When I've spoken in the schools, you know, one of the things they say is, of course, they don't have laptops, so the phone is. You know, you're talking about a distinction between yeah. I work on my laptop and then my phone is just for you know other stuff. Mm. But for them, everything is their phone because yeah. they're not yet at the stage where they might have a second device. Because my partner has no social media. Like he uses Facebook, but he doesn't ever really go on it. Gosh, that must be a really interesting dynamic yeah. in your house. Yeah. His screen time on his phone, but this doesn't include watching YouTube videos because he spends more time on YouTube than I do. (laughs) But his screen time is 15 minutes a day. Wow. I'm like, how is that possible? But it's because he's not on social media. Probably most of the time he spends on his phone is texting me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) So are you getting really competitive about your screen time stats? I just don't think there's any point in competing with him. I'm trying to, like, I guess, compete with myself. But the main thing with, with the screen time is seeing... Which apps are yeah. the culprits of the, your notifications? And that. So you've really got no notifications me. now? Or? No. Okay. I'm like, so I had a deadline for my book recently. And so I was like really like knuckling down. And I was like, I can't have any distractions. So I decided to delete Facebook and Facebook Messenger from my phone. Yeah. So I was like, these are my least favorite. And they are where. Um, like Facebook Messenger is often where people are like, oh, hi, old friend. Do you want to grab a coffee? I'm like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't so, even remember that I'm friends with you. Yeah, yeah. So Facebook Messenger tends to be the place where people are like, oh, can I ask a quick favor or can I pick your brain? Whereas like WhatsApp and text for me are like a friend who I actually see and talk to on a regular basis, like texting me something important that I need to know. Um, so I was like, OK, those two can go. And then I hit the deadline and I've not re-downloaded them because I'm like, don't, I don't want it. <laughs> I think, um, well, Facebook is dying really, yeah. isn't it? But I go I on think. Facebook on desktop and there's things that are on Facebook that I still need. Like there are some groups that I'm a part of and like events and, and things like that that it's useful for. But um, So what on so your screen not, time screenshot... What is the app that's the biggest? It's Instagram, yeah. probably. Same for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, Instagram, just the amount of scrolling, I guess, on the app. And then I think Twitter is probably the, my next yeah. my next culprit. But I have all notifications for Instagram turned off. So I, and, and that was an, actually an accident because my phone, like, wouldn't let me turn notifications on for a while. And then I just realized... I was like, oh, I don't actually need them. Like, I actively check the app, so I'm not, like, needing notifications to tell me to go check it because I'm doing that anyway. The other big culprits for notifications are WhatsApp and Twitter. Mm. So, And you must get a lot. I'm thinking on Instagram and Twitter, because of the amount of followers you've got, yeah. you're getting a lot of notifications, well, I, aren't you? Well, I already have it, um, like, filtered. So push notifications from Twitter are only from people that I follow. But... At the moment, it's still, like, retweets and likes from people I follow. So I'm like, why am I getting notified from that? Like, I just feel like I should switch that off so that I'm only getting notified about, like, mentions or direct messages. So I'm going to suggest after this podcast that that's exactly what you do. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, I could see that's going to take up a lot of 
headspace just mm. like, and you, you don't need to see that do you, yeah, you don't need to see retweets there's lots of <laughs> group chats on whatsapp that to be honest i could just mute and then when i'm in the app just check on it check in yeah. be like what's going on you can get people that just chat in whatsapp groups you're in and then come back suddenly and there's 300 missed messages yeah. and yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to read all of that i'll just be like oh well i missed the last few days so well like sometimes sometimes I'll like message in a group being like I've been away what did I miss and then someone will just like give one sentence of like yeah this. Which, which summarizes and the I'm last like, 200 messages <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your whole career is in the digital world. So I said in my intro, you've been running your YouTube channel since 2011. So what changes have you noticed in the digital world and in your relationship with it in those years? Oh, well, when I started, I didn't have a smartphone. I was on YouTube. I was on Twitter. But everything was on my laptop. Yeah. Um, And my phone was just a... A brick phone. Yeah, calls, texts. Those were the days. (laughs) (laughs) So was that in itself the biggest change then, you think, when you moved 
to your smartphone? Is that when things became more kind of, I don't know, were they more difficult to manage, easier to manage probably? I feel like at the start it was easier to manage because I could like always be checking in and like I knew I knew what was going on and I wouldn't miss out on things because I'd have to wait until I got home to like check Twitter or something. And like communicating got easier because I no longer was like worried about going over my text limit <laughs> and things like that, which was always really sad. Um, I'm trying to think like what else. I think it's just more of as soon as everyone has a smartphone, then one thing that I've noticed is that there's like people expect you to always be reachable. Yeah. And that's that's one of the main things that I see me and my friends kind of now trying to swing the pendulum back the other way and like kind of resisting that. Because before it was just like, you might call someone's house phone or you might text them, but like if they don't text you back, it's like no big deal. They're... So you remember calling people's house phones. So yeah. I thought that was one of the things that was going to really age me, that so I that, remember calling I a landline. Like Gen Z don't have that. No. Whereas like yeah. for millennials, like we... I never, you know, got my first phone when I was 12 and my first smartphone when I was 20. Yeah. Whereas I sometimes feel like really distant from Gen Z because they're like, I got my first smartphone when I was eight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is that like? Um, five-year-olds are being given smartphones now. In fact, I think there's a piece in the paper them? today. Exactly. What does a five-year-old do I guess with play, play games yeah. and stuff. That could be fun. But yeah, so... So the I, immediacy. The that- immediacy and like... And and sometimes I'm on the receiving end of it and it's kind of frustrating because I'm trying to reach a friend to ask a question or like to see if they're free on whatever day. Um, and you're thinking, I know you're near your phone because everyone's no, near your I phone. No, I know that they're not because I know uh, that they're like actively being like, no, <laughs> you can't contact me. And I'm like, I need to contact you <laughs> because it's, we're so just used to constantly being able to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk to anyone but one of the things that I have kind of made peace with since deleting Facebook Messenger was that no one's chasing me up yeah. no one's like freaking out that I'm not messaging them back straight away it's a lot of internal pressure isn't it we put mm. on ourselves thinking I've got a reply but yes you're right sometimes you can take a bit of time and no one, no one there's does. still the people that will send you a text a whatsapp you know, an email saying, have you not got my message? Yeah. I still And I feel like if that. it's important enough, someone will call and then I'll always like get back to someone. But I think me and my friends are starting to get frustrated at that, like always being available yeah. like, uh, assumption. And so slowly but surely, like we're all making each other aware of like... And do you talk about that? Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's important to talk about it because because there's the assumption that you're always going to be on your phone, so you'll always be available to reply, you kind of do need to, like, let your friends know. Yeah. So that's what I've done. I've let, like, my close friends know who maybe I primarily communicate with them on Facebook. Because, you know, you've got, like, different platforms for different friends and different groups. So I've got, like, a few group messages on WhatsApp and then a couple on Facebook. And so I've messaged my friends there being, like, by the way, I don't have Facebook Messenger on my phone anymore. So they know that if they need to like actually reach me and they need a WhatsApp, yeah, they need a text, yeah, Yeah. if they need a quick reply from me. Whereas if it's just like general chit chat, it can go in the group and I'll see it eventually. 
So mm. as a woman working online or in the digital world, have you had any bad experiences? Because some of the people I've been speaking to mm. have said, you know, there's a bit of nostalgia about what the digital world used to be like <laughs> a few years ago and how in some areas it's become a bit more unpleasant. It's been a bit more difficult to navigate. Have you found that? Have you had any bad experiences? I mean, I've had probably Trolling. like an average amount of, yeah, trolls, but then also like harassment as a woman. Like, you know, I talk about feminism, I talk about sex ed and stuff online. Yeah, and that's so, a red rag for some people on Twitter, Yeah, isn't some it? people just like want to go in at you. But I feel like I can tell the difference between like just a very silly comment yeah. Um, and someone who's actually like trying to be quite malicious and I'm very liberal with like the block button the mute button yeah I love the block button yeah yeah and I, so I you don't engage fine. some people engage and I think that's really I interesting there's a different approach I have, my it? policies don't engage like I'll never engage with someone who is m specifically attacking me yeah um, as a person because that's there's no point in doing that because they'll ne they'll never know the full picture of me without like meeting me or knowing me personally. Whereas sometimes people disagree with things I've said, and in those cases, if I think it's necessary or important, I'm happy to engage. Um, so you yeah. just mentioned that you work in sex ed. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to talk about sex. Yeah, I want to talk about sex and phones Ooh, um, yes. because there were two. Um, bits of research that I came across that I just thought, what is going on? Mm. Um, one of them I know you know because you shared it um, in my talk at Stylist Live, um, which actually made me laugh, which was apparently a study found that 40% of adults on holiday were less likely to instigate sex if their partner was on their smartphone in bed. Yeah. But the other one, which was a bit jaw-dropping, was that one in 10 adults admit to checking their phone during sex. During sex. Um, I'm like so not what, surprised. What is going on? When I when I heard that, I thought, what would be worse that they were that one in ten that they were looking at porn or they were just picking up a work email? I, I couldn't decide I feel which like would be the more offensive. In the, in the middle of it, and then they see their phone light up, <laughs> and they just like maybe like glance over and like pick it up to like check and then carry on. That's the scenario I'm imagining. This is one in ten admitting to doing it as True. well. So I wonder. True. So do you think our phones? Our smartphones, you know, have had a negative effect on our sex lives. Um, in your book, I know you talk about sexting yeah. a lot and, and sending news for Gen Z. And that's a that's a whole new area, isn't it? That's really yeah. just come about with smartphones. So what's been the impact on our sex lives? I think it, it's really interesting because whenever like new tech is invented, um, maybe, maybe it's just the spaces that I like. I'm in online and the kinds of people I follow. But I always see sex tech companies are really quick to take on new technology and be yeah, like, how do we use sex this? sells. Yeah. yeah. And, and and also it's humans, it's like people and the way that we use technology. So like, you know, social media is about relationships and that's like all kinds of relationships. So sex is going to like come into that. And I don't think sexting is necessarily a bad thing. Like, no, like, I like, you said like that in your book. Like with all things, it's yeah. like, yeah. you know, if you're into it, like it can... It, it happens, it, it happens. can be good, yeah. it can be fun. There's lots of yeah. reasons why people might want to do it and it can really like help with communication in relationships and could make your sex life better as well. But then obviously there are like some downsides to it as well. 
But with the like checking phone during sex as well, that's like, oh, but like, what is checking their phone? Is it picking it up and like checking something and replying? Or is it like (laughs) noticing that your phone just lit up and like glancing over? Because I've probably done that. Checking your phone to check a work email. That was the thing I thought. That would be just really really difficult to deal with, wouldn't it? (laughs) If you were on the other side of that. I feel like that would like ruin the moment. Or looking at a cat video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But the the first statistic that you and the one that you shared in the talk, that one, like, I totally get that. Because I know that if my partner is like on that iPad in bed, I'm just like, okay, then I guess nothing's happening, you know? (laughs) Because to me, that shows that that's they're occupied that, that, yeah they're occupied they're yeah. busy that's what they're doing and so you know I'm like oh, okay won't instigate anything then never mind so I don't think we <laughs> don't want to take you away from what you're doing I don't think we think enough about our phone habits in our closest relationships and how other people I, I think there's a lot of focus on we notice when other people are doing stuff to us so that mm. whole fubbing you know thing when someone looks at your phone I know I've been out for a drink Wait, with what's someone this? Yeah, and and you're talking to someone and then they're looking at their phone and Mm, talking to you and still looking at their phone. But I don't think we're aware enough of what we do to other people. So that whole being on the phone in bed thing, I know I've done that. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's something we all should be talking about a bit more, actually, in our closest relationships. Because we don't see it necessarily as being closed off. Yeah, yeah. But But it feels like that when you're on the other side of it, doesn't it? And yeah, and that's another one of the reasons why I don't want my phone in the bedroom anymore because I know that I just will get into bed and just like sit on it for yeah. ages and my partner will be there on the iPad and I'm like, who have we become? And then nothing is happening. <laughs> nothing is happening, exactly. <laughs> Apart from a lot of YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you've talked very openly about your illness and your operation mm. that you had. Mm-hmm. Um Presumably that meant you were offline for quite a long time, or were you? How did you manage yeah. your kind of social media and your, so your it, online world and, you know, all your followers on YouTube? Then? Yeah, so that's a kind of a funny one because when I was really ill, so I was in hospital for two and a half weeks before my operation, mm. and then I was in hospital for another week and a half. And that two and a half weeks before my operation, I was just so ill. I wasn't myself. I didn't even, like want to check my phone I didn't even like it was just that was the idea of checking my phone was too much effort I like just about managed to put an out of office email on just to be like I'm currently unavailable (laughs) like just that just like I'm not available right now and it was mostly like other people communicating for me so every so often I did a an announcement online to be like by the way everyone I'm in hospital but it, it was like my either my partner or my parents who basically they, they did were that, doing that for, for me. You. Yeah. Um. So I would like kind of say or type out what I wanted, and then they would. So you're really ill. You're waiting for a major operation, yeah. and you're still doing that. And is, well, was that because yeah. you felt the pressure? I kind of I've got to do that because the I responsibility just, of your followers. Or yes, and I just wanted just full transparency, and I, I just wanted to let people know what was going on. Because I knew that I didn't want to just to go AWOL. And so I posted one picture, like one update, the day I got admitted into hospital just to be like, by the way, in hospital, this is what's going on. 
And then I did another one a week and a half later. So I hadn't posted anything for a week. So a week and a half yeah. later, I just posted another one being like, I'm still here. So that's quite unusual for you, not posting yeah, for that exactly. long. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and then the next time I posted was the day after my operation. But the thing is, is that as soon as I had the operation um, and like the disease part of me was gone, it was like my brain came back. Yeah. And I was like, give me my phone. <laughs> like, I want to talk to people. Like, I felt like suddenly I felt like I wanted to like communicate and chat because I hadn't been doing any of that. And so suddenly I was like texting all my friends and like I was on Twitter and Instagram and like I was loving it. Well, I have to say, you're looking yeah. very healthy now, so yes. I'm glad. One year on. You're yeah. through all of that. Mm -hmm. We could talk all day. Yeah. Um, but I just want to end with three questions that I'm going to ask everybody. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what is the one thing that you would like to say... Um, to people listening about their phone habits? What's the one thing you'd like them to know or think about? I just would like people to, rather than just kind of like accepting, oh, I spend this amount of hours on my phone a day, actually trying to curate an experience that they want rather than an experience that they feel like is just being handed to them and they have no say in it. It's like, no, you get to pick the apps that you download on your phone. You get to customize the kinds of notifications that you get. You get to pick, like, if they go in folders or if they're on your homepage or if you just swipe to get them. And, it, you know, it might take you a while to, like, figure out your perfect system on your phone. Like, I, I'm still working on that. But I think I'd like everyone to know that that's possible and it should be something choice. that you're, you should yeah. be thinking about, yeah. Conscious choices. I like mm. that. Because so much of what we do online is, yeah, unconscious, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Have you got a top tip that you haven't shared so far that you use in your life? So we've talked about phones in bedrooms. You've talked yeah. about notifications. Is there anything else that's kind of a little Hannah Witten boundary or rule that you have for yourself that's helped you get a, get a good balance? Oh, do not disturb mode. Ah. So, like, I have Do Not Disturb mode on at night, and I've always done that. But, again, this is when I was writing my book. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb and just, like, chucked it away. Um, and I would just try it, like, recommend people to try it. Like, rather than turning their phone off Do Not Disturb mode, like, turn it back on. Like, turn Do Not Disturb mode on in the morning and see how much you get done when your phone isn't pinging you notifications I once had mine on by mistake for about three days I put it on once and then people were ringing me and saying why can't I get through to you <laughs> it's driving me demented and I know so I'd lift it on yeah it's great airplane mode's another one of my favorites yeah I like I, use that I like do not disturb because you can set some contacts as favorites yeah so like yeah. if my parents or my partner call me you always want to get that that will yeah. go it will manage to break down that do not disturb mode so okay I, I like doing that now uh, and my last question Mm -hmm. What do you think you've learned about yourself from your smartphone habits or the way you use your phone, which might have come about from looking at screen time mm. or might just generally be as you, if you're trying to be a bit more conscious? What have you learned about you? What have I learned about me? I've learned that I get all of my news from online. So actually, the less time I spend online, the less I know what's going on. So actually... The, the more <laughs> the more I start to like get my screen time down the less I know 
<laughs> about the world. And so I probably need to figure, well, but also, do I want to know what's going on? I don't know. That's another choice that you're allowed to make yourself yeah. about how you get your news and stuff. Um, yeah, there's lots of debates around yeah. at the moment about whether we really need 24-7 news I and, think and what, no. <laughs> what impact that has on us. That's an interesting I don't think I'm a better or a worse person the more or less news I'm aware of. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm pretty chill with not knowing a huge amount. And I feel like if something important is happening, I will find out for, by someone telling me, like someone in person being like, oh, have you heard? And I'm like, no, tell me more. Thank you. And then maybe I'll go look it up. Yeah. So yeah, news is a big one that I noticed that yeah. I just get it all from Twitter, basically. Which is not great. <laughs> it is, to be fair, Twitter is a great source of news. It is. Isn't it is it? A, well, it's a great and a bad, all yes. of the things. Yeah. So, Hannah, thanks so much um, Thank you. for coming and chatting with me today. I'd really recommend following Hannah on Twitter and Instagram, Hannah Witten on both. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely subscribing to the Hannah Witten YouTube channel. Ooh. And her book, Doing It, uh, is available on Amazon and in all good bookshops. And you can pre-order her second book, The Hormone Diaries, which I think is out in June. 13th of June. 13th of June. And I can't wait for that if it's going to be any bit as good as Doing It Oh, thank you. It's going to be my new go-to book to buy. So thanks, Hannah, very much. Thank you. Where we've all been Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. But in the meantime, from me and from Hannah, thanks for listening. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. 
With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.